and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston. like to welcome you to another episode of the unpopular podcast this is the man the myth the legend jalen hunter and if you would do me a favor please subscribe to whoever you're listening please subscribe to whoever you're watching it definitely mean a lot to me but here's where we'll start today so every year we talk about the nba trade deadline we always say oh this person x player can be traded to x team or y player can be traded to y team there's always pandemonium leading up pandemonium and speculation leading up to the NBA trade deadline. And of course, this year was no different. Uh, You had big names like James Harden, um, Russell Westbrook, John Wall. There was a lot of people's names that, of course, were spiraling spiraling around the trade deadline, of course, before the trade deadline. Now, (laughs) in recent years, while there will be a lot of hype built around the trade deadline, there usually wouldn't, a lot wouldn't happen at the trade deadline. And this has been for a few years now. Um, of course, usually they'll be like, oh, he's getting traded, he's getting traded, he's getting traded. And then turns out like pretty much nobody gets traded or there might be one trade and that's it. That has, that has been recent years, probably the last few, like few years. Boy, this year was different. <laughs> this year was different. Now, I knew going into trade deadline, like like I just said, there were big names. Of course, you had James Harden. His relationship with Brooklyn seemed like it was on the ropes. Uh, we know the relationship with Ben Simmons and and the Sixers. Uh, what was going to happen with the Pacers? What was going to happen with the Wizards? What was going to happen with the Lakers? There was a lot of built up hype going into this trade deadline and for the first time in a, a couple years the hype definitely the, the the deadline definitely lived up to the hype so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm not gonna talk about every trade because there was actually a lot there was like almost 16 17 trades I'm not doing all that <laughs> I'm gonna talk about some of the biggest you know most some of the biggest trades and I'm gonna give my winners and losers a pretty much the trade deadline now, again, I'm not going to talk about all the trades. If you want it, want me to talk about a trade or you want to discuss a trade with me, you can leave it in the comments. I have no problem talking to you with it or talking, you know, with you. But let's start. The biggest trade, the one that pretty much set it off. And that was the Brooklyn Nets trading uh, former MVP, 
James Harden to the oh James Harden and Paul Millsap to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, and Seth Curry. First and foremost, I'm surprised that this happened, but I'm not surprised that this happened. Let me say, I'm surprised because you usually don't see NBA teams trade stars. You usually don't see that. Uh, especially Even if the star is disgruntled, um, you don't really see them trade stars unless the star has been like, yo, I want to trade now. Now, you've heard we heard rumblings from Adrian Wojnarowski saying that James Harden wanted a trade, but he didn't want to, you know, make it public, even though that is making it public. He wanted, he didn't want to make it public because of how everything ended with Houston. And it wouldn't be a good look. Uh, it wouldn't be a good look demanding a trade from two teams in pretty much consecutive seasons. So I, I understand that. And a team, usually when you have the best player, in the in in a trade you don't want to make that trade honestly unless like the trade is just sweet and James Harden was the best piece in this trade uh so I didn't think it was going to happen not to mention the fact that you're already on a team with Kevin Durant and, and and Kyrie Irving while I know tensions were boiling up between of course Kyrie and James Harden I look at the success rate and the success is when they which which wasn't they only played together 16 times they only played together James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. They all played together 16 times, and it was 13-3. and three. I would look at that as saying, well, um, Kyrie, you know, part-time, well, isn't playing home games due to the vaccine and or due to not getting vaccinated and the mandate that's in New York. Uh, and, of course, Kevin Durant being hurt. I understand the frustration would be built, but I also see that, well, when we do play together and hopefully we'll be able to play together during the playoffs, uh, you know, we can we can make something work. <sighs> but now now I did say this. Now, you do you remember going when when James Harden went to Brooklyn? I said, hey, I don't know if you would. I don't know if it's smart to keep James Harden and Kyrie Irving, especially in the now I, I've been saying this for a minute, but they do pretty much the same thing, ex, you know, except James Harden to me is a better score. Kyrie is a better creator of a shot. But and I, I always said that if I, I would if I was Brooklyn, I would trade either James Harden or uh, Kyrie Irving. Now, I was on the Kyrie Irving side. But I would always say that you should trade either one of them because of the deficiencies that Brooklyn have. They're not a good defensive team. They're good in spurts, but they're not good as far as like a consistent defensive team. They're not really good. They're not. They don't have any rim protection. Nick Nick's Claxton does his thing, but he's not the best. So it's like I knew that they needed to get better, and it looks like James Harden was. The odd man out, and he was. Let I me mean, not say that James Harden wanted to be traded. Like I said, the 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 relationship between him and Kyrie Irving was getting tense. From from what reports saying, I'm not in the organization, of course, but what reports were saying was the relationship was getting tense, and and you know was you know situations were brewing between James Harden and Kyrie Irving. James Harden was upset that the load on him was getting heavier. When Kyrie Irving, the only reason why Kyrie Irving couldn't really play in home games is is pretty much his choice. So, 
Brooklyn made the trade. They made the trade with Philly to get Jane, to get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a whole bunch of first, uh, 2022 first-round pick, 2027 uh, first-round pick. Let's talk about this trade on Philly side first. No, we're already on Brooklyn. Let's talk about Brooklyn side. Brooklyn gets Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond. Brooklyn now, they Brooklyn hits, and, I, and I'll say both these teams are winners. Let me just say that Brooklyn and Philly for 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 different reasons. But Brooklyn hit all the things that I said they needed to hit in order to trade a James Harden or a Kyrie Irving. You wanted somebody that, while no, nobody thinks that Ben Simmons is better than James Harden. Nobody thinks that Ben Simmons is on the same level as James Harden. Hell, we haven't seen Ben Simmons play in a minute. Now, they're they're saying it's due to mental health because of what happened. That's what they're saying, but hey, I'm not, I don't know what's going on. I just know that, well, I do know what's going on, but it's mental health, I guess. Oh, and, and we're advocates here of mental health, okay? So, yeah. But Brooklyn now gets a player in Ben Simmons. The problem with Ben Simmons in Philly, and a lot of people were saying this, was you can't your primary ball handler, your primary point guard cannot be hesitant. There's a difference if you're not really that good offensively. Like like Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart isn't the best offensive player. However, he is not afraid or I'm not cuz he's not hesitant to shoot. He's not hesitant to attack offensively. While he's not the best offensive player, he's not hesitant. And his non-hesitations allow the allow the Celtics offense to flow. You know? The problem with Ben Simmons is not only is he not a shooter. Not only does he not only does he, he can't shoot, but he doesn't want to shoot. It feels like he's scared to shoot. And because of that, teams already know what you're doing. Teams already know when Ben Simmons has the ball, no matter if he is taking the ball up, no matter what it is, Ben Simmons is not looking to pass. I mean, not looking to shoot. The difference between Ben Simmons and, and a lot of people are asking me, what is the difference between Ben Simmons and Draymond Green? Everyone, everyone and their mama knows Draymond Green cannot shoot the ball. Not saying he's 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 just zero for zero, but he's not a good shooter of the ball. The difference between Ben Simmons and Draymond Green is Draymond Green is more aggressive with the ball when he has it, and while he knows he can't shoot, while everyone knows he can't shoot, he also has two shooters on his team that. Our world-class shooters, which is Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. And while Draymond Green cannot shoot the ball, he is not scared to shoot the ball. Ben Simmons was fearful to shoot the ball. Ben Simmons did not want to shoot the ball. He knew he couldn't shoot, and he didn't want to shoot the ball. You insert Ben Simmons into the Brooklyn Nets. Now, it's kind of like the Andrew Wiggins situation. I talked about this last episode, I believe. It's kind of like the Andrew Wiggins situation. You're not asking him to be a primary ball handler now. You're not asking him to make decisions offensively. What you're asking him to do is now be a, be a defender. He was uh, the runner-up for defensive play of the year. 
and be a, a rebounder, be a power forward, be a, a small forward, be in that forward position. You know, we're not playing you as a point guard as much. And and defend and rebound. That's what they're asking him to do. And I think this was a, a, a good trade for Brooklyn because, like I said, not only are you getting a Ben Simmons that is going to help your weakest point, which is defense, you're getting a Seth Curry. Uh, while you have shooters now with James, James Harden was a primary ball handler. And while Kyrie Irving can do that, you also have Patty Mills and you don't want to put more on Patty Mills. So you add Seth Curry. Seth Curry is one of the best uh, three point shooters in the league as well. It's, it's something it's, you, you're able to just, you get another point guard. So you're able to just, or shooting guard, you're able to guard. You're able to dispense the the offensive load. Also, you don't have to just put everything on Kyrie Irving and and Kevin Durant. While of course they will have the bulk of the offensive duties, now you can give it to a Patty Mills. Now you can give it to a Seth Curry. While Patty Mills was doing his thing, outside of Patty Mills, you didn't really have much at the guard position. What do you have? Um Oh, what's his name? The dude that went for uh, uh, whatever. You didn't really have too many good players. So you insert Seth Curry is a really good player. Wow. He's not. I think he gets the, you know, when your brother is Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, of course, you're going to have, you know, the the, the comparisons are going to fly. However, Seth Curry is still one of the best three point shooters in the league. So that that was was a big fine form and Andre Drummond. Now, everyone remembers the, the, the Andre Drummond that's etched in a lot of people's heads is the Andre Drummond in Detroit and the Andre Drummond in L.A. Andre Drummond in L.A. was god-awful, god-awful. He, 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 was, he was not good, like not good at all. Um. But Andre Drummond has been doing his was doing his thing in Philly. While he you're how do I the Andre Drummond that you need is an Andre Drummond that he can give you. What I think the Lakers needed was the, the Lakers I think he went to the Lakers with unrealistic expectations. I think he expected to probably be a starter, he expected to be a a big fixture for LA. That's not what he is. You put on you're, you're put on Brooklyn, and your role is specific. Yo, we need you to be a rim protector. Andre Drummond, which which is is surprising and shocking to say at times, but Andre Drummond is one of the best rebounders in league history. Like you can go look it up. He's one of the best rebounders in league history. So it's like, yo, we need you to rim protect and we need you to rebound. Because right now, outside of Claxton, your next center is is who? Blake Griffin? Uh, Sharp? The, the, the kid from North Carolina? No. We got Brooklyn hit all the, all the steps that they needed getting James Harden. And I and, and that's why I think Brooklyn is a winner in this trade. Like I said, I think both teams won in their own rights. But Brooklyn to 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 give up James Harden, who was a superstar in this league, and and to get back. You heard reports that they won the, you know, uh Tyrese Maxey, uh Matisse Thibel. That wasn't going to or Matisse, uh yeah, ha- 
fiber. That wasn't going to happen, especially when you're not. Now, I will say this. The extra, I think he he has like three years left on his deal, is big for for Ben Simmons. It's big, or let me say, it's big for Brooklyn in getting Ben Simmons because you don't know what Ben Simmons you're getting. Clearly, he is uh, he has a fragile. Uh, he's a, he's a he's he's fragile mentally, so you don't know the Ben Simmons that you're getting. Hell, the the he's not he wasn't injured. He wasn't it. He just uh, he he said it was mental health, of course, but. Because the organization spoke about him in a way after the Atlanta series is the is the reason why he's not there. So James Harden was seen to he was he was he's already came out and said he was he was going to test free agency if he wasn't uh, draft. I mean, if he wasn't traded. So you you were looking at maybe getting James Harden just for this year and that's it. And we don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie either. So, now you have a Ben Simmons which you're pretty much locked up for 3 years plus you can re, you know, re if you want to restructure uh, Kyrie Irving and get him a new deal and then of course you have Kevin Durant for I think 2 or 3 years. So this definitely is a building a, 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 a this is a great trade for Brooklyn. Not only now and a giving up a superstar you get a lot so this is a big trade for Brooklyn and this is also a big trade for the 76ers and let me tell you why I think they're winners as well did they give up a lot yes and let's let's first talk about their relationship with Ben Simmons do I think that they blamed the Atlanta series on Ben Simmons no do I think that the public blamed Ben Simmons for that Atlanta series? Yes. Do I think the Philadelphia 76ers did enough to divert the blame to the actual, the whole team? No. And I think that's the biggest problem. I mean, when you heard the, the, the post comments from Joel Embiid, when you heard the post comments from uh, Doc Rivers, he, they didn't really do much to sway, you know, to to revert the blame to the entire team. They pretty much, you know, I mean, now Ben Simmons was a huge part in his lack, his 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 lack of offensive uh, aggression was a huge part why they did not win. But it, of course, wasn't the biggest part. So you didn't have Ben Simmons this entire year. Uh you know, and and there's been a huge black cloud surrounding Philly because of this situation. Not saying that they haven't, you know, been prospering because right now they have the front runner for the MVP, which is in Joel Embiid. But this was looming over them for you know, and and it it was looking like it was going to be for years because when you hear Daryl Morey, who was the GM, talk about Ben Simmons, like, oh no, this. You know, we want him back or we have to get like four first rounds and, and this, that, and third and maybe a couple stars because Ben Simmons is this, that good. Ben Simmons is a very talented player in this league. Uh, but the relationship, a lot of people were saying, well, Ben Simmons could have went back. Hell no, he could not have went back. You, 
Ben Simmons, there was no way in heaven or hell Ben Simmons was going back to Philly after everything that happened with him sitting out with him. It, it just wasn't happening. So they needed a clean break. Now, did they get everything they're asked for? Like Daryl Morey was asking for uh, like four or five first rounds plus two quality players. No, you got James Harden and, and Paul Millsap. And more than likely, you're going to waive Paul Millsap. But you got James Harden. Um, and this is why I think they're winners. Or this is why I think Philly are winners in this trade as well. Because now you're pairing. I A lot of people, I'm looking at James Harden's entire season. And I have been very critical about James Harden saying it doesn't look like he's motivated. It doesn't look like, you know, he, he wants to be there. It just looks like he's going through the motions, which pretty much was was confirmed in this uh we've seen what motivated james harden is now do i expect the 60 point triple double james harden no do i expect the 55 point triple double no but what i do expect is uh one of the best shot creators in nba history to to be motivated to be rejuvenated because you wanted out of Brooklyn. You went out of Brooklyn because of Kyrie. You went out of Brooklyn because you just didn't like living in Brooklyn. You went in Brooklyn because you just felt like it, it wasn't exactly what you thought it was, which is nothing wrong with a, uh, a fresh start. It does kind of suck when you look about how it, how Houston happened. But now you're pairing. I will say this. I'm a little. I'm a little. It was a it was a great trade for Philly. But I'm a little skeptical about is a lot of people are saying now Philly should be favored uh should be title favorites because you're pairing a James Harden with who was a former MVP, still one of the best shot creators, still one of the best players in the league, uh at his best still top 10 player with Joel Embiid, uh leading MVP candidate at this point. Uh top 10 play like you're 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 pairing two top 10 players and of course you're you're kind of dismantling the big three that was uh brooklyn i will be cautious in saying that they are front runners or they are title favorites and this is this is it's not a shot against james harden but it's realistic james harden had and i said this on twitter but james harden played with kevin durant twice Russell Westbrook and a lot of people saying but that's Russell Westbrook he wanted Russell Westbrook when he was in uh he played Russell Westbrook twice by the way and he wanted Russell Westbrook when he was in Houston CP3 um Dwight Howard who was slightly out of his prime due to injury but still Dwight Howard was still a top five uh center in the league at the time when he was in Houston he played with all these people and they didn't get him anywhere closer to a championship. So now a lot of people are saying, well, no, it's different because now you're he's motivated in, which I don't understand how you wouldn't be motivated any other time, but he's motivated. And now he's now he's on a team that's motivated. He's he's playing alongside a player that's motivated. It's different when you're playing alongside Kyrie and KD who already have the championships. Uh now you're playing with a hungry Joel Embiid. Oh, I hear that. <clears throat> I just need to see how it looks first. Um, but, again, 
if if both players and if both sides, which is Blake uh, James Harden and the 76ers, if they come together, because James Harden's going to James Harden and Joel Embiid is going to have to change their game. Joel Embiid's never played with a player like James Harden. While he has played, Ben Simmons is a talented player, but she's never played with a another offensive weapon like a James Harden. He's played with Tobias Harris, who's not nowhere near the offensive weapon that is uh, James Harden. Neither is Danny Green. Neither is uh, Maxi. Neither is uh, Ben Simmons. Neither is Seth Curry. You're playing with a player that not only thrives with the ball in his hand, that is James Harden, but he's able to set up players better than anyone that you play with. And because I think Kawhi is kept. James Harden still is like second in the league in, in assists. So both James Harden and Joel Embiid is going to have to change their game because James Harden's never played with a player like Joel Embiid. Dwight Howard was more of a pick and roll lob, uh, you know, get it to the rim. Didn't really have any post moves, but he was still strong down low. Uh, now you're playing with a player that ha- that has beautiful footwork, that – that is one of the best players, uh, both you know, technically and offensively, when he has the ball in his hand in the paint. Uh, you're playing with a great defender at times, so it's you know, both players are going to have to change in order for this to be successful. Both players are going to have to tweak their games. However, if they're able to do it, and this is a slam dunk in my opinion for Philly. And James Harden, I think, has already come out and said that he's going to opt into his contract next year. So you pretty much locked him up for another year. Now, I, I would caution that you gave a—I mean, you gave a lot of first-round picks away. Uh, that is Philly, but you still got James Harden. Are those first-round picks going to amount to a James Harden or Joel Embiid? I doubt it. Uh, so I like the trade for both sides. I think James Harden and Ben Simmons, most more so Ben Simmons than James needed a new a fresh start now of course we need to see which Ben Simmons that we're getting we need to see which James Harden that we're getting but if we get the boast of both if we get the best of both then it is a slam dunk trade in my opinion for both teams uh and and I if you want to talk about the winner for each uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Brooklyn because Brooklyn hit a lot uh, it's not just because of Ben Simmons but they hit a lot of boxes that they needed they needed another uh offensive guard that can that can score the ball that is Seth Curry you needed a defender you have Ben Simmons now and Andre Drummond you need a rim protector Andre Drummond you needed a player you needed another forward because out that that can kind of relieve the pressure off of Kevin Durant now you have Ben Simmons it, they, they checked a lot of boxes and, and I'm not saying like it's just leaps and bounds went better over Philly because Philly did get James Harden but, you know, I think both teams won this trade, in my opinion. Both both teams come out winners. Let's uh let's talk about losers. Let, let's talk let's let's go over to the loser side real quick. What the hell was the Lakers and the Knicks doing? I'm gonna tell you what they were doing. Not trading, because both of them, neither one of them made a move. Now I don't what, what one thing I don't understand is 
I kind of understand more for the Lakers than the Knicks. Because reports came out saying that the Lakers tried. They tried their darndest to trade uh, Russell Westbrook. They tried their darndest to trade uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. They tried everything to trade, and his teams were saying no. So I kind of understand in that point. Because, I mean... No, but then no. Let me let me not cape for this. Let me not cape for the Lakers because a lot of people are caping for the Lakers. We all know the problems that the Lakers have. We all know that we're looking at, we're looking at this iteration of the Lakers. They're not good enough to compete for a championship. Hell, they know. You heard the the comments that LeBron James said when they was talking about comparing the Lakers to the Milwaukee Bucks after the Milwaukee Bucks beat them by like damn near 30. They said, we're not on that level. This is a championship team that you just played, and you're saying we're not on that level. The Lakers, and, and that's completely honest. The Lakers are not good enough to compete for a championship. They don't play good enough defense. They don't. Their stars outside of LeBron James have not been consistent. Talking about Anthony Davis, talking about Le, uh, Russell Westbrook. Their role players outside of Malik Monk and Stanley Johnson have not. And Stanley Johnson that just picked off the street, by the way, have not been consistent. Nobody has been consistent for this team outside of LeBron James. You know that, and it hasn't been working. Russell Westbrook has not been, which we all pretty much saw this coming. Russell Westbrook has not, it hasn't been working, the relationship between him and the Lakers, him and LeBron James, not saying that they're beefing or anything, but LeBron James' play style does not coincide with Russell Westbrook's play style. So you knew that you just needed, and not to mention, he has a huge contract that is hard to move and a player option. So more than likely this, we will see this next year. Anthony Davis has been inconsistent, inconsistent as well due to injury, which surprise, surprise. So you have all this on the table and you know, you need to make a trade. Now I know it's tough, man. When you have, you know, a clink of, uh, not Clint Capella. We have uh, Kent Bazemore, who ain't done nothing this year. Taylor Horton Tucker, which you had, it's, and it's always, it's, I said this on Twitter, man. They could have had DeMar DeRozan. They could have had Kyle Lowry. They could have had Buddy Heald. And they did not, they don't have them because they were so married to Russell Westbrook and, Taylor Horton Tucker, two people that they tried desperately to trade at the trade deadline and nobody wanted because they have literally played their draft stock to the floor. But I under but you have to make a trade, whether that's trade Russell Westbrook, which of course you're going to lose the trade, but you're going to win in totality because you're getting Westbrook off the team. But trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall, maybe. Trade Russell Westbrook for a bunch of role players. Or just do something. You did nothing to improve a team. A team, by the way, that not only is under 500, but drastically, drastically underachieving. With a LeBron James who's having one of his best seasons at his old age that he is. Having one of the best seasons of his career. And you do nothing. And they talking about we're going to we're going to monitor the buyout market. Okay, 
Okay. Do you know who hits the buyout market? Now, now, let me say this. The buyout market, it is an important market to hit. And it is a, there have been players that have been bought out that have swayed teams and, and, and been huge pieces for championship teams. But who do you think is going to hit the buyout market? I'm, you, you may, I mean, maybe Gordon Drogic, maybe Paul Millsap. Um, not too many big players are going to hit the bit buyout market. So what in the hell are you going to do? What is the buyout market, at least this year's buyout market, going to help for the Lakers? What player can they get that you think is going to hit the buyout market? I'll wait. It's 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 horrible, man. It's bad. The Lakers are not are not a good team. They have LeBron James, who's who's having again one of his best seasons, at least offensively. You have Anthony Davis, who was supposed to take the keys to this car, and he's just yeah, hold on, now let me. I don't know yet. No, I don't know injuries. And then you have Russell Westbrook playing like Russell Westbrook, and everyone's like, he hasn't changed. But I told, I know a lot of people don't listen to the podcast. I get that, and I know that I'm not, you know, nationally, uh, I'm not a national name. But it's not just me that said this, yo. You've been doing something the same for 15 years. You think year 16 is the time you're going to be like, oh, you know what? It's time to change. Not to mention, in that 15, 16 years, it has brought you minimal success. I mean, you've been crowned the triple-double king. You have the most triple-doubles in NBA history. It got you an MVP. What makes you think that, hell, even Russell Westbrook said it. I'm I'm pretty much solidified in this league. So why do you think he thinks that this is the time that he needs to change? Even though it is, what makes you think he would believe it? Because what how he's played has got him to where he is. And where he is is uh, a top an NBA 75 player, first ballot Hall of Famer, MB, former MVP, triple double king. Like you can't expect a player that has seen success the way he's played for years to then go on a team when he when everyone knows he needs to change he probably knows he needs to change but he also knows wait how i played has gotten me here so why change you know what i'm saying you can't expect that so i just feel the lakers needed to do something they needed to get west and this is not an indictment this is an indictment of russell westbrook because he's been horrible this year They needed to get off of Russell Westbrook. They needed to make a move, and they didn't do that. And now they're sitting here like, all right, what's next? We'll just wait for the buyout market. No. You're wasting – this is a wasted LeBron James year, a good LeBron James year, and that's the the worst part about it. And on the Knicks side, you know, a lot of people praise Tom Thibodeau. And he, I mean, he won coach of the year last year. He's a good coach. But Tom Thibodeau has a habit. He's very rigid when it comes to his rotations. And he's very rigid with who he plays. The Knicks are not good in in any sense of the word. Yes, you have Julius Randle, but you're not good. 
The Kimball Walker experiment, which was supposed to be great, has not worked. The man's been out. He was out. The only reason why he was put back in the lineup because Derrick Rose got hurt. You trade for Cam Reddish, what a lot of people said was a great, great move, which I thought would be a good move. But then Cam Reddish instantly gets goes in the doghouse. Like I don't know what that. I don't know how the hell you go in the doghouse a week into getting traded. Not saying it's on him, but or not not saying it's only him, but you go into the doghouse almost instantly. So he's out of the rotation. He might get like 16 minutes there. He might get like four or five minutes there, but he doesn't really play. So this is a Knicks team that made it to the playoffs last year. Now, do I think they should have ran it back like they were pretty much saying all, all offseason? No, because while they did make it to the playoffs, they lost to a Hawks team that they should have won. So Julius Randle has, has had altercations with Fans, not not physical altercations, but verbal altercations with fans, uh, with equipment people apparently trying to show him plays on a laptop. He seems disgruntled. Again, you have Kimball Walker, and that's not working. You trade for Cam Reddish, that's clearly not working. The only thing that is working probably is like Aaron Evan Fournier when he's playing the Celtics because Evan Fournier goes crazy when he's playing the Celtics, but he's very pedestrian when he plays anybody else. Uh, I just don't understand. When you see the state of the teams that you're in, that you're on, that is the Lakers and that is the Knicks. When you see the state of your team, how you cannot make a trade, especially a trade deadline where it seemed like people were willing to trade big names. And I'm not saying that you were going to get a big name for L.A. Uh, in L.A. or in New York, but you needed to get off some pieces. You needed to get off some contracts. You needed to bring more pieces, more uh, fresh, fresh voices in, and you did nothing. And it, that... That, to me, is a huge L. Both of them are huge losers. It just, it'd, be, like, it's, it'd be different if they were borderline good teams and it was like, oh, we'll stay pat. But no, they're not. Both teams, I think, are under, I know, are under 500. So why not make a move? When you need to, it's different if you didn't, it's different if you were under 500 due to like a huge, like Steph, like, um, was a year or two ago when you know Steph got hurt, Draymond got hurt, Clay was hurt, and they were under five hundred. They didn't really make too many moves because they knew, okay, there's a reason. I mean, this is not our team, pretty much. There's a reason why Golden State didn't make a move this uh, during the trade deadline because they understand you have Steph, you have Clay, Draymond Green's hurt, but he's coming back. Hopefully, you get the Wiseman back this year. We're still second in the NBA. Like we're, we'll be okay. We don't need to make any moves. The Lakers and Knicks are not in that boat. They are, yo, we suck. We are trash. We need to make some moves. There are some players that need to get up off this team. There are some players that need to come to this team. For the life of me, I do not understand why the Lakers are holding with white knuckles onto Kendrick Nunn. And people are acting like, oh, when Kendrick Nunn gets back, yo, do we watch the same Kendrick Nunn? I'm not saying that Kendrick Nunn's trash, but you think the Kendrick Nunn, the same Kendrick Nunn that I watched in Miami, you think that's the same Kendrick Nunn that's supposed to just save the day for L.A.? 
That that Kendrick Nunn, if there's another Kendrick Nunn, let me know. But people are saying, oh, we're not even healthy. Kendrick Nunn's not here. Like, Kendrick Nunn? The Lakers and uh, the Lakers and Knicks were losers in in the trade on the at the trade deadline. A winner, let me let me just let me, let me a winner. I'll say is the is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, they had to give up uh, Dante Divincenzo, which was which was a big piece, especially. Um, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, but especially like the day after the trade deadline, uh, Pat Connington pretty much like fractures his, his hand or something, so he's going to be out. But the biggest weakness for um, for Milwaukee is their size. Now, I know that's crazy to say when you have Giannis just dunking on people and going left and right, but when you take Giannis off the floor, and they a lot of their a lot of their uh a lot of their success last year came from the fact that they were just physically bigger than a lot of teams. And that is that's that was also helped by having Brooke Lopez in the middle. Brooke Lopez, you don't know if you're getting him back this year. You don't know what the whole back situation. So you get a player. If Serge Ibaka has anything left, especially defensively, that's you're pretty much getting poor man's Brooke Lopez at this point. Now again, we don't know the type of the the sur- you know Serge Ibaka has multiple surgeries. Uh, we don't you don't know the surgery you're getting, but I do think that you addressed a, a point that you need to address. I think it was it was huge um, getting Serge Ibaka because that kind of shores up if you're getting the Serge Ibaka that you hope you're getting. It kind of shores up a a, pos- a position that was at question and could definitely be. I mean, when you're looking in the playoffs, right? And say you make it when you're looking at the. Let's just look at. You're gonna there's there's some really good centers that you possibly gonna have to face. I mean, you're gonna have to face now uh, a Vucevic. You're gonna have to face a Bam on a bio. You're gonna have to face a uh, say you make it to the NBA Finals. There's a possibility that you're gonna have to face a DeAndre Ayton again. There's a possibility that you're gonna have to face a uh, hell even even in the East, Joel Embiid. You're gonna have to face possibly a Draymond Green and, and James Wiseman if he's healthy. Uh, you're there's there's a lot of good centers that you're gonna have to play. So while Bobby Portis is a fan favorite and and a cult favorite, he's not really getting you over the top if he has to be your primary center uh, or big man. So the fact that you get Serge Ibaka with the with Brooke Lopez kind of looming over you, it's you know it's it's. Uh, it's a smart move in my opinion and also the 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 whole trade in general it was a four-team trade uh marvin bankley who uh, who has needed to uh needed a new home from from uh sacramento desperately finally gets traded to uh detroit um i think he just needed a new we need to see marvin bagley hasn't been that good now i don't know if it's just because of the organization or what but marvin bagley has not been good um so I, i'm hoping that a, a fresh start in detroit would will help him the clippers get simi ogelay and rodney hood more than likely rodney hood might i don't i don't know i know that with uh they did just get norman powell and robert covington so 
maybe a Rodney Hood or Simi Ojale might get bought out. They might because Paul George isn't, isn't Paul George or Kawhi Leonard's not there. They they might keep him. I'm not sure, but that was a good move because they needed to get off of uh, Serge Ibaka's contract. And the Sacramento Kings get Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Trey Lyles. I understand you making this move. Now you're pretty much building your team around. Uh, you're building your team around the duo of De'Aaron Fox and Demonte Sabonis. Uh, Demonte Sabonis. I apologize. So you have shooting. Now you have uh, DiVincenzo. You you now have. Um, uh, Harrison Barnes stayed. Josh Jackson, we need to see with him. Uh, he's he's had a turbulent NBA career, so I think it was a good trade for for all teams. You know, right, rightfully so. I think I think all teams definitely uh, came out with this four team trade, but I think the best one out of all of them probably was the Bucks getting Serge Ibaka in Sacramento, finally giving you know getting off of Marvin Bagley. So, uh, okay, let's talk about it. We'll talk about the Wizards. <laughs> we'll talk about the Wizards, man. The Wizards, yo. So the Wizards were very active the last hour of the uh, trade deadline. Um, just think about moving. Just think about the beginning of the year. A lot of people were 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 including myself were celebrating the Wizards for being very active this offseason or last offseason getting Spencer Dinwiddie, getting Aaron Holiday, getting Kyle Kuzma, getting uh Montrez Harold, getting Contavious Caldwell Pope, getting players, you know, wash, getting players to build around a uh a Bradley Bill. You'd think, you know, getting a solid Guard, you think getting uh, a, a, a an energetic big man, you think getting a wing, and a shooting wing, you think getting uh, a forward that could do pretty much a lot of things offensively. You'd think you would share, you would you would champion that, right? Uh, well, in in oh, and you get Cody Kespert from. Uh, in the draft, I think he was drafted like fifteenth. Um, well, as we sit here today, Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertans was traded to Dallas for uh, no for Christos Porzingis. Uh, Montrez Harold was traded to the Hornets for Vernon Carey. <laughs> for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith, so we get Ish Smith back. Um, and Drew Hall or Aaron Holiday was traded to the Suns for uh, a couple dollars. Let me let me break this down into three parts. Let me break this down to the Spencer Dinwiddie Bertans trade for Kristaps uh, Porzingis. I think you have if you look at this, you can look at this two ways. You can look at this from the from the what you're getting standpoint to what you're giving up standpoint, what you're getting, it'd be, (sighs) you're not, you don't make trades just to appease a star. 
Now, a lot of people are saying, why would you make this trade? Do you think this is going to keep Bradley Bill? Who knows, bro? Brad, who knows? But there is a life after Bradley Bill, whether that's uh, him leaving Washington, whether that's him uh, staying for a, a whole bunch of years and then retiring. There's a life after Bradley Bill. And like I've said before, even with Bradley Bill, we haven't been that successful. Um, But you get, I mean, we haven't seen the best of Christoph Porzingis since probably the first or second year he was in New York. Uh, from injuries to uh, bad relationships with ownership to, you know, the, 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 bad fit between him and uh or the bad relationship I guess because of this fit between him and Luca. We haven't seen the best of Christoph Porzingis. So if you're looking at the standpoint of what Washington's getting, it's not because it'd be different if this was, you know, if this if I did if I haven't seen Christoph Porzingis play more than two years in New York. It'd be different. Because, I mean, he was a really good player his first two years. And then it's just like he's been... What did Tim Legler said? He's a unicorn because he's an, he, we never see him. Because he hasn't been available a lot of these times either. So, I don't know. When you look... It, it's, 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 it's... Especially when you when you look at the high that... The Washington was on getting all these players being number one in the East for a minute to now being what five or six, four or five games under 500 at this point. It's, you know, and then now trying to sell us that you're good. We're, we have um, Christoph's Porzingis, which we just saw didn't work alongside another star another star in Luca, but now you think he's going to work alongside a star that's in Bradley Bill. Who knows? I don't know, man. Um, but that is looking at that trade of what we're getting. And when I say we, I mean Washington. When you're looking at what you're giving up, this was a huge success because of the Davis Portans contract. He had one of the worst contracts in 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 the league, in almost NBA history. He was shooting damn near better than Steph Curry, what, a couple years ago. Damn near on the same level as Steph Curry, as far as shooting percentage. As soon as he got that contract, he just like plummeted to Davis Portons went from in a year, went from being one of the best shooters in, in, in the NBA, rivaling at least percentage wise to Steph Curry to then turning into one of the worst shooters in the NBA. It's in rivaling that of Dwight Howard shooting threes. It it was crazy, and of course the the Spencer the the relationship with, with Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Bradley Bill, Spencer Dinwiddie and the team just wasn't working. So you get off two contracts now. Yes, I feel I wish you would have got more, but you got off Davis Porton's contract. I get it, Montrez Harrell. You trade Montrez Harrell to the Charlotte Hornets to get Ish Smith and uh, Vernon Carey. More than likely, Vernon Carey. Well, I don't know because we don't. I mean, we have that. Uh, uh, Washington has Thomas Bryant, uh, Gill, 
Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on with. Uh, I know he, actually, Darius Garland, not Darius Garland. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if I don't. I don't know if uh, if Vernon Carey is going to stay on the team, but I do know that Ish Smith is going to be a, a, a better option right now than uh, Rui Nato. Um, uh, and trading Drew Holiday for nothing is crazy to me. I mean, you couldn't get a player like, or, or draft pick for Aaron Holiday. So, uh, I will say that Washington was a winner in at the trade deadline, but not like a resounding winner. I mean, they got off bad contracts. Uh, that was, or a bad, a huge, a terrible contract that was Davis Portans. Um, but three players that you had, that you brought on here, are now gone, and it, and it's been half a season. It actually, hasn't even been halfway through the season yet, and that's that's crazy to me. But it is what it is. So I I, I guess you can say Washington won. Um. Last episode, we talked about C.J. McCollum getting traded to the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans won, uh, was a win for that trade. Definitely a loss for uh, Damian Lillard. While I do think it was a a, a win for Portland, um, getting off of uh, C.J. McCollum, getting off of Norman Powell, getting off of uh, Robert Covington, I do think that it is a huge loss for Damian Lillard because, I mean, this is the same guy that just a couple months ago said that he one doesn't want to play for a rebuild, and two is you know you want pieces or he he wants to he wants better pieces around him he wants pieces to help him win a championship, and then you then turn out and give, <laughs> I think that's the CJ McCollum thing like I said last episode, came probably two or three or four years too late, I think that they hit their ceiling because they're both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are pretty much the same player Damian Lillard is better. But they're both offensive players that don't play a lick of defense. They they pretty much even each other out. So you were getting the same player. Um, so I, I do think that that Pelicans win. Um, the Clippers definitely won that trick because they need without with not having Paul George and Robert Covington. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and having Norman Powell, who's a pretty good offensive player, and Robert Covington. I'm just thinking when they get back. when Paul. George, so now you'll have Paul George, you'll have Kawhi Leonard, Norm, Norman Powell, uh, Robert Covington, Reggie Jackson. Like, that'll be a good team. So Pelicans win uh, for the trade. Clippers win for the trade. Damian Lillard, huge loss. Huge loss. And we also talked about the Pacers. Um and seventy or and Sacramento Kings, uh, they get ty- the Pacers. No, the Sacramento the Pacers. I'm sorry, gets Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and uh, Thomas or Tristan Thompson. The Sixers. Why do I keep <laughs> the Sacramento Kings get Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb? I do think that both teams. I'll say this. Both teams sort of won because you're able to now, for Sacramento, you're able to build around uh, Sabonis. And, and Sabonis is a really good player. He's just because he played for Port, uh, because he played for Indiana, a lot of people don't watch him. But Sabonis is a good player. Him and 
him and De'Aaron Fox, you're able to build around them. But you can also say it's a loss because you gave up Tyrese Halliburton. I honestly would have gave up De'Aaron Fox before I gave up Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, in my opinion, has a bigger or has a better upside than De'Aaron Fox. But um, hey, they made the trade, and I think that the the Pacers got a lot better, man. Uh, now you can you have Tyrese Halliburton who has a a bright future in the league. Uh, and Buddy Hild, who is a very good shooter, very underrated shooter, pairing him with a Miles Turner. It, I think both teams even I think both teams definitely did good on the trade. And we talked about Karis LeVert to Cleveland. That was that was a slam dunk for Cleveland, especially with Colin Sexton being out. Um, they needed Karis LeVert, so and they needed even with Colin Sexton, they needed a, a bigger guard, another uh, a big guard that can create his own shot, and that is. Chris Le- uh, Karis Levert. So that's been the trade deadline. Again, I'm not talking about all the all the um all the trades, but those are the biggest ones. Those are the ones to me that I think are going to be the most impactful for the league. Uh, if you want to talk about a trade, leave it in the comments. I'll definitely chop it up with you in there. But th- that was the NBA trade deadline, and uh, I'm 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 curious to see what the league is going to look like moving forward. You know, what James Harden is going to look like in a, in a Sixers jersey. I know he's changing his number to number one. Um, or what Ben Simmons is going to look like paired or paired next to Kawhi Lin- Kawhi Lin- paired next to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I'm, I'm interested in what the Clippers are going to look like with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George, uh, probably next year most likely for both, with a Norman Powell, with a Reggie Jackson, with a Robert Covington. I'm excited to see how Surge is going to look with the Bucks. So, and I want to know just how bad it's going to get for LA and for the Knicks. It's because they didn't make a move. Not saying I'm looking for them to be bad, but because they didn't make a move, I want to see, you know. So, that's been the trade deadline, man. So, let's 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 move forward. Um the NFL awards were was the other night and there wasn't really too much shock. Uh, you know, T.J. Watt got Defensive Play of the Year. He, no, nothing surprising. He tied, um, tied Michael Strahan with most sacks in the NFL season. I think twenty two and a half. Uh, Jamar Chase got Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think I, I'm not surprised about it, and I'm not mad about it. I mean, he's a Pro Bowler. We know all the crazy and the, and the great. It was he he was Jamar Chase was great this year. I do think that maybe Rashawn Slater should have got a little bit of love, seeing as though he was the he was arguably one of the best linemen in in the NFL this year, and him being a rookie for the Chargers. But I understand, and I'm not mad that Jamar Chase uh, got it. I know uh, Cooper Cup got Offensive Player of the Year, also one of the best wide receiver seasons that the league has ever seen. So I'm not mad at that. I'm so I'm a, I'm a little shocked at that he got drastically a lot more than Jonathan Taylor, especially seeing the year that Jonathan Taylor had. Uh, I know Michael Parsons got Defensive Rookie of the Year, pretty much in a landslide, which makes sense. Um, Joe Burrow got Comeback Player of the Year, definitely makes sense. I mean, he he you saw he shattered his knee, uh, or shattered his leg against Washington and then the next year he's in the Super Bowl and uh what's his name Andrew Whitworth or something yeah Andrew Whitworth got uh the uh the the Walter Payton 
man of the year. So, but the biggest the biggest award, of course, was the NFL MVP, and not surprising, it went to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were the best team this year. Were the, like they were the most balanced. They were the best team. Now, yeah, it didn't they didn't make it to the the promised land, but they were the best team in the league. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers was arguably the best player in the league this entire year. Yeah, you can look at maybe a, a Tom Brady, seeing how many you know touchdown passes and yards he threw. Maybe a Joe Burrow, because Joe Burrow, especially with the offensive line that he was working with and the heights that he brought Cincinnati, you can talk about him. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers – whether you agree with what he what he's doing with the whole immunized thing, he was the arguably the best player in the league, and that's why he has now won his fourth MVP, which is one shy of the record, which I believe is Peyton Manning. So that's the awards. And lastly, we have the Super Bowl. We have the Super Bowl. Uh, the Super Bowl is on Sunday. Also on Sunday is my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, Ma. Uh, she, I'm not going to say her age, but I love you to death. Um, a lot of people are going, well, I love my mother. <laughs> She's a very important woman in my life. And uh, yeah, while Super Bowl is, is Super Bowl Sunday and it's a big day for the world, it's also a big day for my family because like I said, it's my mother's birthday. So happy birthday, Ma. I love you. Getting back to Super Bowl Sunday, you have two teams that two team one team that I definitely thought would be here or could possibly be here, and that was the Rams, and another team that I had absolutely no no idea that they would be here, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, both teams, man. Everything's been said about Matthew Stafford. Everything's been said about Joe Burrow. Everything's been said about the weapons. You know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Cooper Cup, um, Odell Beckham Jr., Cam Akers. Everything's been said about the offensive weapons. Everything's been said about, you know, this being Matthew Stafford's and Odell Beckham Jr.'s first time here. Uh, This is Joe Burrow's second year. Jamar Chase's first Everything's been said. To me, the game, this game comes down to can. So Cincinnati's offensive line has gone through pretty much a murderer's row when you talk about the defensive lines that they've gone against. They've gone against the incredible defensive front for the Tennessee Titans. They overcame even though they gave up, the team overcame because they gave up nine interceptions. I mean, nine interceptions, nine sacks. Then you go against Chris, you know, Chris Jones, uh, Melvin Ingram, and the Kansas City Chiefs defensive line. You overcome. You win in overtime. So they've gone through a pretty much tough gauntlet as far as defensive lines. That they've that this offensive line, which is Cincinnati's worst team, which is their offensive line, they've gone through a gauntlet of defensive lines. However, they have not seen a defensive line this entire year 
like the one they will be seeing tomorrow, <laughs> then that is the Rams defensive line. When you have Aaron Donald, who is arguably the greatest interior lineman in NFL history, Von Miller, who is a former Super Bowl MVP, and Everett, who is a who is a big body. You the 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 game is going to be can Cincinnati's weakest point weakest team weakest group of their team withstand the Rams strongest group of the team can that offensive line for Cincinnati that gave up nine interceptions and should have gave up a bunch of interceptions. I mean, why do I keep saying interceptions that gave up nine sacks against Tennessee and that should have gave up a bunch of sacks against Kansas City. It was just Joe Burrow's escapability was incredible against Cincinnati. Can that offensive line stop or give Joe Burrow enough time when you have the defensive front that is the Los Angeles Rams that's ranked first in the league, can they stop them? Because you give Joe Burrow time and the pieces that they have, the, you know, you're going to have to throw a lot of screens. You're going to have to throw a lot of quick balls. You're going to have to throw a lot of slants because you're not going to have that much time. Can the, the defense has played better than I thought. The defense has excelled more than I thought. So I'm not going to say that they're a weak point at this point, especially when you have Matthew Stafford, who is prone to he could give you one. Hell, he he tried to give one in, in San Francisco. Homie just dropped the ball. So Matthew Stafford could give you one. Even now you're going to have to you're either going to. Well, they, what I think they're going to try to do is you're going to they're going to try to double uh, they're going to try to double Cooper Cup and they're going to try their darndest to get to Matthew Stafford because they know with Tyler Higby more than likely not playing. They know that it's really Odell Beckham Jr. or nothing. Now, you do have, you know, uh, 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 Jefferson, but. You're, you do not you cannot single coverage Cooper Cup. So they're going to try to double Super Cooper Cup and get try their best to get to Matthew Stafford because as we've seen, Odell Beckham Jr. has the ability to break to bust the game wide open. So the same as Joe Burrow. I'm in and, and and Jamar Jamar Chase. What they're probably gonna do is you're going to double Jamar Chase because as as the Kansas City Chiefs saw the regular season, Jamar Chase can kill you now. And that's why, you know, T Higgins and and Tyler Boyd are going to be huge for this game because they're now facing single coverage. I think T Higgins is probably better than Tyler Boyd. So you're going to have single covered because Jamar Chase nine times out of ten, either Jamar Chase is getting double coveraged. Or getting doubled, or you're putting Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase, and Jalen Ramsey is probably the best corner in the league. So the game to me comes down to, even though it's pretty much a home game for actually it is a home game, uh, even though which is funny because the Rams are actually the away team, even though they're at SoFi Stadium. Um, 
it's can can the Cincinnati's weakest group, which is their offensive line, withstand the Rams' strongest group, which is their defensive line. I am going to pick the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl because while, yes, the the Cincinnati offensive line has gone has been battle tested and has gone through a gauntlet of, you know, the Tennessee Titans offensive or defensive front is incredible. Uh, the defensive front for the Chiefs is tough with Chris Jones in them. I get that. But no, none of them, none of those teams have an Aaron Donald. None of those teams have a Von Miller who is erupted in the playoffs. And none of those teams have that offensive or defensive front that the Rams have. Not to mention the fact that you have, you're going to have to double Cooper Cup, which means you have Odell Beckham Jr. single covered. I think that's going to be a which which you can say the same thing for Cincinnati. More than likely, you're going to have to double cover uh, if Jalen Ramsey's not getting it done, which he could. If Jalen Ramsey's not getting it done, you're going to have to double cover Jamar Chase, which leaves T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who are both exceptional wide receivers. Uh, but I saw that offensive line, and that's the same thing. This is the same reason why I thought the Cincinnati, or I thought the Kansas City Chiefs was going to win. I saw Cincinnati's offensive line give up nine sacks. And while yes, Tennessee Titans has an incredible defensive front, that even that defensive front is nowhere close to the defensive front that is the the Rams. And because of that, I have the Rams. Winning the Super Bowl over the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm gonna say 27 to 24. 27 to 24. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. That means whatever you want, more than likely I got. So click on the link. I got you. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. If you can, leave a comment, leave a like. I'm trying to get the algorithms going, man. I'm trying to get more people to come and and experience the unpopular podcast. I'm trying to connect and talk to more people so if you can leave a comment leave a like rate it if if that's what i I know that's what apple does if you can rate it uh i I appreciate it and uh who do you guys have winning the super bowl uh of course it is tomorrow who do you guys have winning the super bowl who do you who do you guys think won the nba trade deadline what do you guys think about aaron Rodgers winning his fourth mvp I want to communicate with you guys. I want to talk to you guys. So let me know. Uh, And until next time, much love.
Okay.